Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is Friday, <laughs> July 17th. And I'd been meaning to mention, before I forget, uh, if you'd been hearing the new splash of a fountain, you might not, we, we have two fountains going in the back now, but um, this one's the new one. Standing closer to it anyway. I'm going to put a picture on the um, post. But that is my heron, which I brought from Laramie, Wyoming. We used to have it in the backyard there. And we have never had it hooked up here. We'd like tried to hook it up once and it didn't work out. And it's just been standing there dry all this time. And... The other day, David was messing around with the pond fountain, and he was like, because it was getting a little um, stagnant, and so he was trying to figure out a way to mix the water a bit better. He put some goldfish in there, so he was trying to get a little bit better aeration, and he was messing with like taking the output hose and sort of stringing it up alongside the heron, you know, and figuring out if you could twist tie it on there. Men, right? You know, that's, <laughs> to me, this is such a guy thing. And I, and I said, don't, don't do that. That's going to look terrible. Why not put it through the hair? And he's like, oh, remember, it's not going to work. It doesn't, you know, that, that thing didn't work well. And it's not enough pressure. And, and it, I was about to go to the store anyway to buy a pump because the pump in that front um, fountain had given up the ghost and that one I've, you know that's the second pup i've had to buy this year the other one was of course because something chewed through the power cord on the other one <laughs> but this one it was just that the pump finally gave up after a, a pretty good long heroic life so you know here we are having this conversation he says you know oh, there's not enough water pressure to put it up through there because it's kind of like a narrow pose and and I said well this sounds like a solvable problem to me because I'm going to the store to buy a pump anyway I could buy another pump that would have enough water pressure and, uh, and he was like well <laughs> I think he didn't like that I had proposed a simple solution and because he was just trying to skate by right but then he messed with the heron and he got out some wires and he cleaned out all down the inside of it and hooked it up to the pump and got it running and so now we're both very happy with it and it's nice to have it have it going it makes me very happy so uh these are those sorts of after you've been married with to someone for a very long time you know this <laughs> I, i'm sure i feel like um these are the kinds of arguments I like to put in my books between couples because I feel like this is just such a, a universal kind of thing, you know, that you have the, you're just trying to find a quick solution to the problem and your spouse is like, how about we do this extra thing? And you're like, no, I don't want to. And then you end up liking that you did it. So, could be just me? I don't know. 
So I'm feeling like I don't have a whole lot to say today, which I've been kind of talky this week, I think. Um, I got, I've officially got 12,500 odd words in my outtakes folder for the Promised Queen. And I've got the story down to 109,000. So I now have plenty of room to uh, add to the end and still be within my 115k 115 did I say that right yeah 115k ceiling and so that's um feeling good feeling I'm I'm happy with it I s didn't quite get it tightened within where I wanted uh, for that act one structure. Well, I haven't quite finished. Um, I've got one more chapter, chapter seven, um, that finishes out act one climax, and that might trim down some, but I don't think it'll trim down another 2,000 words. But one thing about those, you know, doing those percentages is it doesn't have to be precise, you know, and it is give or take. And the other beats are falling into place. And I feel like we can see what editor Jenny says, but I feel like I can't strip out more from the first act than I have. Um, and I feel like it's moving um, much more cleanly. The trajectory is much more um, focused and honed, as it were. Yeah, so I'm on page 99, um, and it's, I've got it down to like 395 total. So I think it'll start going much faster after this. It'll just be um, a lot of reading and tweaking. So I'll go ahead and finish. I'll just keep going forward from here. I've, got, I've done all of the bits and pieces of things now, so I can... Um, Go straight through to the end, add in those scenes, and then we'll see. I'm I'll sort of see if I feel like I should go through it one more time. I might. Um, I'll either do it now or after Jenny makes a pass. I'm just going to see how I feel about it. And Agent Sarah emailed yesterday, and she read several proposals I have for new ideas. And she said, shall we talk about those next week and plan our strategy? Because she is, of course, knowing that you know, promised queen fulfills the three three book contract, and then we can start talking options with St. Martin's, or we can it will it absolve me, absolve me, release me from my non compete in fantasy romance, so I can do something else, sell elsewhere if we want. So we have a strategy meeting, and I mentioned, I said, and I also wrote about twenty thousand words on Dark Wizard, um, and I hadn't heard back from her. I sent that last night because I was out and about yesterday. So we will, we'll see. It'll be kind of fun to strategize some things. And we'll talk about what we want to do with, um, with the science fiction story, the Valeria, which has been, uh, you know, my usual thing, my crush genre thing. <laughs> you know, people loved the book. It got such nice remarks from really high up editors. And it was, very close. It went to acquisitions meetings at a couple of different houses. 
And ultimately, they decided that they didn't know how to position it. They, you know, same thing with marketing. So Sarah and I will talk about, it's still out at a few places, but, you know, I really do feel like once people have been sitting on a book for this long, and they've been sitting on it since, what, March, you know, and I mean, there is the pandemic, which affects things, but clearly there's not enough enthusiasm. And I'm, I don't want to sell it to somebody that, just to sell it. I'd rather take it back and self-publish it, frankly. So that's what I will do. Um, but we'll see what, what Sarah's thinking on all of this stuff. So feeling excited about that. You know, it's always fun to wind up one thing and then start thinking about what is the next thing, what would be awesome to do. And what else? I, uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> that. That is one thing. As much as I try to be authentic and honest with you guys, I also feel like I have to be careful not to blab about some things. And so then that, it weighs on my mind because I have to, I've, I want to talk about it, but I feel like I shouldn't put it on my podcast. It's probably the uh, drawback of having a chatty podcast like this. Also, while I would not say that I am a person who has no filter, I think I have a pretty good filter, unlike Jep. <laughs> it's fun to write Jep because she has no filter. Um, I am pretty careful about what I say. I try to be. When people say that I am, I've been accused of being tactless. And I think it's because I tend to be very forthright and honest. I, I don't, um, I don't mince words. And I know that I am frequently more direct with people than, than they expect. And some of that is, is cultural, um, you know, like with East Coast people, they are frequently taken aback by what I think is probably my Western U.S. directness. Um, but, you know, it's, it's very hard to TMI me. I'm, I'm not raunchy, but I also, I, I say what I think. <laughs> and so... When I have been accused of being tactless, I always want to respond. You know, it's it's just not true because you should hear all of the stuff that I don't say. <laughs> I think so many snarky things that never make it out my mouth. That's I feel like I should get credit for that. <laughs> uh, so, so something that's on my mind is I have discovered that somebody has been waging a disinformation campaign about me. I had glanced upon it. Um, glanced upon it, is that the right word? You could tell I'm getting editing brain right. Chanced upon it? Something like that. Someone had said something to me in passing, and I think I may have talked about it on the podcast before. And this was, I don't know, two years ago maybe? A year ago? A while ago. Um, where a friend of mine was talking about a science fiction novel that she had written and she was kind of flailing on it, not sure what to do with it. And 
and I offered to read it for her. And she said, really? Really? She said, because I know that you're territorial about science fiction and fantasy, and I don't want to step on your toes. And I was all, what? <laughs> Excuse me? And and she said, oh, yeah, well, you know. And and she, she kind of instantly started to backpedal. And, and she, and I said, I'm not territorial about science fiction and fantasy. Why, why do you think that? And she said, oh, well, so, somebody told me. And, and, and I was like, who told you that? And she wouldn't tell me because she realized that she had, that it was a faux pas, that um, she, it was not, she is someone who doesn't have a whole lot of a filter and she shouldn't have blurted that out. And she was very distressed that I was upset. And she said, I, I really don't think you should be upset about this. I don't think that was meant in a malicious way. I, you know, that this other person was just warning me, you know, to be careful around you. And I was like, yeah, I think I should be upset because to me this is, um, it was particularly upsetting because it goes against all of my values. And I think you guys uh, who reg listen regularly know this about me, that it's very important to me to to be generous and supportive. And that is, it's part of why I do this podcast. I mean, I do this partly to, to share information and I, I give advice freely and I do mentoring and, and you can hear me getting emotional about this, right? It's really important to me. I'd, I'd say it's one of my core values. And when I, I remember the first time that somebody described me as being generous. You know, like when people say, oh, you know, what are so many words that you associate with such and so? I can't remember what it was in some sort of personality thing. But they said, oh, well, you know, you're very generous. And another time, it, it meant everything to me. Um, and another time, uh, I was doing an interview with a gal and about, um, I don't know, support networks, writers. I, I can't remember. This was like five years ago, so in the midst of time. And she said, oh, you know, when I asked around, it was an RWA thing, and she said, when I uh, did this survey in RWA and asked who were the most supportive and, you know, writers, mentors, uh, your name came up several times, she said, so I was very interested to meet you. And that was meaningful. That was really important to me. So so that was very upsetting to find out that someone had said that I was territorial. And it's like, how do you even be territorial about a genre? I don't know. But all you out there who are writing science fiction and fantasy, now you know I am territorial about it. <laughs> so anyway, that I sort of just filed that away. And I... And I had my suspicions of who it was who had said that. And I found out yesterday that this person has been telling a lot of people things about me that are not true. And so I feel like now it's been confirmed that, uh, that I, I feel very certain that, that this is the one who said the thing about me being territorial. And... It's um it's interesting to know. It it I found out in this roundabout way where the other person another a sort of a mutual friend started asking me questions, saying, Well, is this how you feel about this? And I'm like, No. And she was like, Oh, okay. Well, 
And it's like I have a puzzle piece that made everything resolve into focus. <laughs> and I understand so much more now about how uh, certain people have been reacting to me that I was like, I don't understand why you're reacting to me in a particular way. And it turns out they've been told a bunch of stuff about me that isn't true. So I'm, I'm even not upset about it. I'm glad now that I know. And now I am able to... Um, I'm not, I don't even really have to change what I'm doing because I can just... I, I'm trying to, trying to say this without revealing too much. I can simply go forward and be my my charming non-territorial self <laughs> and just let people know that, um, you know, apparently other people were told that I had no interest in being involved in what they're doing, that I was um, basically that I thought I was too good for them. So now I can let people know that uh, <laughs> I'm not too good for anyone. <laughs> I am not too good for your party. Uh, please invite me to your party. You know, it's just a funny thing. Um, particularly after I was talking yesterday about a couple, like people vanishing, uh, or maybe it might have been Tuesday. Time flies. When I was talking about Ellery Stone and how I hadn't seen her online for a while. And I went and looked, and she hasn't posted the social media since 20, late 2017. She's, her website's gone. It's like she's fallen off a cliff. And I asked a mutual friend of ours, messaged her on Facebook, and asked her if she knew about Ellery. And she said, you know, that's funny that you asked that because it occurred to me recently to look her up. And... And I, I haven't been able to find her either. She just kind of vanished. So now I'm worried about her. You know, it's like, well, I think that Ellery Stone was a pen name. And so it could be that she's out there under, like, her actual name. But it's funny when you know people mainly through social media and they vanish, you don't realize they're gone until, like, a certain amount of time has elapsed. And then it's like, I haven't seen this pe person pop up in a while. And I went, same with Alexandra Houghton, although much, much more recently. Um, I don't think Alexandra's totally vanished, but she hasn't posted anything since late May. And she used to post all the time. And I DM'd her and asked her if she was okay, and she hasn't replied. But she might not be looking at Twitter. And it's hard to know. You know, sometimes people just need to take a step back and get off of social media. But when that's your only interface with them, then it can be kind of difficult, right? You just kind of wonder. So, um, I might have Alexandra's number. I might text her. <laughs> feel better about that. Uh, if any of you know Ellery um, or know what's going on, maybe, I don't know if I have an email from her anywhere. Anyway, I've, I've, I'll see if I can track these things down. But it is funny, you know, the writing world is weirdly competitive and people you know get very it's it's hard you know you you don't always get the success that you feel you deserve and other people are successful 
that you don't think should be, and I feel like that's probably what's going on with this other person, that that they feel like they're a better writer than I am and should be have more success than I do and, and haven't so far. And, and it's hard. It's really hard when you haven't reached the level of success that, that you want, you know, and, and writing is funny that way because it doesn't, you know, you can work your ass off and still not have a successful book. You know, there are tons of wonderful books that just never get the notice that they, that they could. And then books that, you know, rise up and everybody loves. Corinne's always complaining to me that this one particular author is always recommended. And Corinne just doesn't get why her books are so successful, but people love these books. And it's like, why? Well, I don't know. They speak to them. It's, a, it's so subjective. It's such a, a personal thing. So um, I actually did talk for 20 minutes. I am blabbier than I thought. So I'm going to go my mantra, put my eyes on my own work. I do think that tends to be, uh, I get so involved in my work that I don't always notice all of these social dramas going on. And that's that's a good and a bad thing. Um, it's good for me because it helps keep me sane, but I should probably lift my head up and pay attention to stuff now and again. But not today. <laughs> so I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope you um, get to do some things that you enjoy. I hope that you are feeding your creative self in whatever way is meaningful to you. And I will talk to you all on Monday. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find other podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You all take care. Bye-bye.